You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I describe how outdoor brands and organizations can and should use their social media presence. We'll discuss the role that social media platforms play in our efforts to increase participation in an activity, how brands can use social media to reach new audiences and connect with their customers, and how an outdoor recreation activity can be enhanced by using social media. Let's get into it. Social media in the outdoors, it's an interesting topic for me. I think it's something that I've only ever really worked in outdoor. I worked in hunting and fishing beforehand, and now I work in bike and trying to understand how companies can leverage social media, like what social media means for these groups, how our participants are using social media. Like that's really powerful information. And I think something that I've seen those industries struggle with, and I don't want to pick on them. I, I think it's it's outdoor, but it's also like every industry is that those trends move fast. You know, like if you're just now figuring out Facebook, You've missed the boat, you know, <laughs> by, um, by, by it's about a decade, by quite a bit. <laughs> no, but seriously, like that's, that's how fast it moves. No and, doubt. and all no of a doubt. sudden it's like, you know what? I think TikTok's going to be the new thing. And if you'd like just learn in TikTok, there are folks who've learned it quicker and they're capitalizing on that understanding of that social media app and, or social media platform, I should say they're, they're winning and, and you're sitting on the sidelines trying to, trying to figure it out. I, it's, um, it's, an interesting time. It really is. It's a fun time because, and and I, it's it's fun to watch trends move through social media. And I love TikTok. I am not a content creator. Um, I just, I just, I don't have time to to really create a lot of content. Although I will tell you that I'm getting ready to create content because I bought an FPV racing drone for myself. For- <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's gonna, that's, that's cool. I right. Oh my god, I can't wait to do that's it. Fun. But, I mean, the idea is you've got sometimes, you know, especially on an app like TikTok, which uses algorithms to bring videos to the, the pages, they call it a for you page on TikTok. And so, you know, once after you've spent some time on TikTok, I mean, the algorithm has gotten to know basically what you like, what you don't like and delivers more of what you like because it keeps you there. You get your little dopamine hit and, and you move on. But certain videos can go viral on TikTok. I mean, an unknown creator can create a video and boom, all of a sudden it's it's huge and everybody's seen it. I mean, like, you know, millions and millions of views is not atypical for a viral video on TikTok. And yeah. there, are, um, there are some fairly mature accounts on TikTok that are sharing content. And one of the areas that I tend to like, obviously, is outdoor. So like during during the summer months, I had a raft of through hikers on my for you page just over and over and over again. And I and I appreciated being able to see what they were because they were, you know, basically what they were doing is just, you know, um, um memorializing their their attempt at a through hike. And yeah. so it was it was really interesting to see their journey. I really appreciated that. They had lots of followers that appreciated that. But I saw some trends in their it, maybe even unintentional trends get driven by, you know, the the just the um, number of through hikers that were creating content and people that were following them just to see what it was like and sort of vicariously live through them. 
I mean, trekking poles took off this summer because, you know, when, really? you, when, you, when you look at the social influencers, especially on through hiking, I mean, this is really specific because I'm trying to give a very specific example. All of a sudden, sales of, of trekking poles go up because and now people are all hiking with trekking poles. It's kind of a thing. And trends huh. like, you know, not only the, the behavioral, like I'm going to do a cute dance kind of a trend or maybe I'll eat a Tide Pod kind of a trend or it's, no. it's not <laughs> just that kind of trend that you're watching. Watching for and you can be. I mean, it's you can make fun of social media. There is no yeah. doubt. It is it is a gold mine of humor and and absurdity. However, I mean, it is it is the the form of media that is most likely to reach your young audience now. And if you're not paying attention and you're not thinking about you know creating content for your products or whatever it is that you are trying to to push onto the world. It's, it's, you, you know, you've, you've really fallen behind. I mean, it's, it's way beyond, oh my God, you don't know, you don't know TikTok yet. It's if, if you're in marketing, for example, and you're not paying mm -hmm. attention to this, then you really fall behind. I mean, this is sort yeah. of the kind of sea change that we saw when the internet happened. And, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, dude, I am old enough. I am old enough to remember what that looked like. I was in my early twenties when, when we started to see that occurring in the world. And I remember, you know, the first responses to that, especially from marketing, oh, this is, this is just a fad, you know, this is just no big deal. Yeah. It changed, it changed everything. This is changing yeah. everything. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of turbulence in the social media world too. I mean, there, I would expect to see new platforms come online to offer um, uh, maybe a healthier alternative to Twitter, for example, um, where content has become a little bit unmoderated. And I'm Unfortunately, a moderation means that, you know, you're going to see a lot of very, very offensive, hate-filled content. And, you know, that's something that yeah. I think we'll probably be addressing along with, with disinformation in social media um, in the coming years. That's something that we're going to have, I think, some some real social discourse about, you know, what what is free speech and what is, what is speech that is trying to incite yeah. violence or bad behavior. But social media has, has become the source of information for for much of our young audience. You know, they're not they're not getting information any other way, frankly. So if you're not on it, you are you basically are just surrendering your 35 and under audience right off. The bat. <laughs> wow, that's such a powerful, but also I think such a true statement uh, that you're surrendering. It, it's this act of like. You don't have to. You could hang on to them. You just have to do a little bit of work, but you've chosen. I think I'm just going to let them go. Yeah, it's a choice. Um, yeah. So so you mentioned influencers and trekking poles in, in the through hiking space, right? Yep. So I've received this question a couple of times years and years ago, but it was like, you know, I, I know who the big influencers are. I, I know who like the top five people in my category are. I can't afford those people. How do I find someone who's like, an up and coming influencer. And and that's tough. You know, it's not like there isn't a clear path to finding and recruiting that sort of influencer that, I, that I'm aware of, at least, you know, someone who might have tens of thousands of followers as opposed to like millions of followers, but someone who could yield a great return on investment for you, outfitting them with your trekking poles and then, you know, trying to promote your brand organically through their use of your, your products. Do you have any insights as to like how companies might be able to accomplish that? You know, while you were talking, I was I was just having an idea. <laughs> Did you see it happen? Yeah. It's nice. It's nice that you can see me and the metaphorical light bulb on the That's top it. of my head just went off. I was just thinking about this, like, okay, so people for bikes and OIA could recognize 
Like we, we could officially recognize some influencers that we think are, you know, that's something that we could do. Just thinking about that. Think about that for a second yeah. while I talk about this. Yes, I've, I actually have had to do this before. I had to, I oh, had cool. to go find, um, and, and my, my marching orders were, this is an aviation, by the way. Find us somebody, and I got a list of criteria. We want them to be young. They have to. They have to be doing this. They have to own an aircraft. They have to be posting content. The content's got to be good. And good had several. They operationalized good in several different ways, including you know they they didn't want somebody that was you know creating R-rated content. They wanted PG-rated content, and you know they wanted them to be going certain places or or posting so often. And I had I found there are several services that you can go to and look up. You know, I think yeah. I think the one I used last was called Clear, as a matter of fact, K-L-E-A-R, Clear. And they will help you find the influencers that you're looking for based on criteria like that. Or, and, and I also, this is a, you know, this is kind of a multi-method analysis that I did. And, you know, we, we basically just watched a whole bunch of social media stuff and searched a whole bunch of social media stuff. And, and what we were looking for was mostly on YouTube at the time. So we oh, were sure. mostly okay. looking at, at YouTube influencers because we were looking for somebody that did a lot of POV in the aircraft at the time, right? We were looking for those kinds of people that, you know, were exciting and they had a lot of followers, but not too many followers because those people are really expensive. So we, yeah. were, looking, we were looking for someone that had around 10,000 followers and, you know, you can just decide that on your own. I mean, many, many of my favorite TikTok content creators have less than 10,000 followers, excuse me. So it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, you want, you want someone doing the analysis that, that understands social media or has a basis of understanding of social media and likes it. You know, you want somebody that actually yeah, likes yeah. and you can use a service to identify those kinds of content creators. And you've got to decide what platforms you're interested in. Are you interested in Twitter? Because that's a lot different than than TikTok. And TikTok's different yeah. than YouTube, but more similar to YouTube, more similar to to Insta. You know, people are still using Snap. So there, there's <laughs> there, there are a, a ton of ways that you can find the influencers that you're looking for. And you want to think about where your target audience is looking. So are most of your target audience, what what do they look like? How do they consume social media? Do they consume social media? And it turns out, you know, just from looking at this, and I keep bringing back aviation because it's the last time I did an analysis like this. It's not, there is a young old divide. There is. Yeah. But don't assume that older people are not consuming social media because they definitely, definitely are. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm Um, just, I'm, you know what I should do? I want to go, I want to go on TikTok and search the villages to see if there's any content from somebody down in the villages, just to prove my point about old people in TikTok. What are, I don't don't know the villages. The villages are, is a a very, I think the largest retirement community in the U.S. And it is based, (laughs) yes, it is based in Florida. It's a whole thing. There are all kinds of rumors about what goes on in the villages, Patrick. So I'm assuming their social media content is going to be good. Yeah. (laughs) I think your point is an important one. Like everybody's using social media. It's not just young kids. It's not just the whippersnappers. It's teenage kids. It's um, adults. It's professionals. It's retirees. It's avid outdoors people. It's casual outdoors people. And yeah, I, I, I like your experience with finding the right sort of influencer. I think it's really helpful for our audience. People for Bikes also has, through our RideSpot app, we have ambassadors, which sort of, they they do something similar for People for Bikes, and that's that they promote 
cycling in their area using the People for Bikes Ride Spot app through all of their established social media channels. So, so they were already folks who had a following. And then we've um, brought them into the fold to sort of serve as ambassadors for our programs. But yeah, f- finding that right person can be tough. But I think once you have it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And it can make a huge difference for the content creator as well. I mean, yeah, you want it you want it to be a win-win. So, I mean, basically putting putting our brands behind some influencers could really help them and could really help us and could really help a brand. I mean, same thing, same thing goes with them. And it doesn't have to be a Kardashian for God's sake. <laughs> and they and and you don't have to develop a TikTok dance. It's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about I mean, authentic organic content does very, very well in at least at least you know, on the, on the channels that I look on, um, yeah. the content creators that I see that, that are creating fairly viral content for outdoor are, are mostly doing it from POV and it's, it's very organic. Can you think of any brands that could serve as an example of using social media really well? Patagonia does a pretty good job. <laughs> I mean, wow. Especially Patagonia. You don't know their, their social media spokesperson, Patagonia? Oh no. Oh dude, check it out. Yeah. It is it's awesome. Yeah. It's you know, talk about inclusive. It's, it's yeah, it's it's a thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking through brands that that I tend to at least take a look at. Unfortunately, most of the brands that I that I would pay any attention to have have fled Twitter, which is probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I, I mean, Twitter is always a dumpster fire. Now it's a dumpster fire floating down a river that's on fire. It's it's yeah. it's brutal. So um, the first yeah. brand that comes to mind for me was like in sort of in their infancy. I think Yeti did it right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they hooked up with anyone that had anything to do with outdoor, and they gave them whatever it was, a cooler or a tumbler, or something. And it's all got that big block letter Yeti on it. And if I'm an angler holding up a big old fish with my Yeti thing and the, my Yeti cooler in the background, and I'm scrolling through social media, and I'm like, oh, that's you know, it grabs your attention. You start seeing it in more and more places, and it's just it's not in your face, but it was present in a lot of outdoor recreation related media. I think their early social media stuff was really, really impactful. Yeah, absolutely. But, okay, I'm going to go with a recent example, and I'm going to do it in bike yeah. because this has been so fun to watch. I love Pink Bike Academy. I am a Pink Bike Academy <laughs> fan. I love watching those kids compete. It's and one yeah. of so we're season three right now, right? Every season they do at least one episode on those kids having to learn how to create content or being good content creators, and they basically give them, you know, they give them a GoPro and they do their FPV and the ideas they create engaging content because now not only do you have to be absolutely amazing on the bike to win the pink bike academy you've right. got to be you've got to be a social media person you've got to be attractive in 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 the social media channels for that brand i guess it was the orbea rep was on saying yeah you know they, he was talking about one of the contestants like he's really fast he's really great but but i mean that's really amazing to think like we've gotten to a point in which our sponsored athletes no longer have to just be athletes and focus on honing their athletic prowess. Now they have to be social media influencers. That's yeah, what I'm talking well, I, about in terms of importance. I mean, my goodness. Well, so so let's use that to sort of 
play out the example of the brand that thinks social media is unnecessary or superfluous and the brand that understands the power that it has. I mean, if we're, if I'm going to put my money on an athlete, I want to make sure that athlete, it's a win-win for both of us, right? Like it's not just enough for, for them to like be sponsored by me, but if I'm trying to get my ROI, I want them to be an ambassador for my brand. And that requires social media presence, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the brand that doesn't prioritize that is not getting their return on investment in the same way at all. No, absolutely not. And the nice thing about this is that, you know, you can you can actually develop social media presence with your sponsored athletes, for example. You can work with them to to build their to build their audience. Or, you know, you might you might get lucky. Like you might have somebody like me say, here's an influencer that's, you know, mid popular. You know, they don't have a millions of followers, but they've got a pretty decent following and it's growing. So it's trending in the right direction. If you play your cards right, you might end up with a with an influencer that has millions of followers and you help yeah, them get yeah. there. That would that's that's an amazing opportunity. <clears throat> that's sort of, you know, it's still kind of the wild west out there in terms of, of <laughs> who can do what. And you know what? It can change in one second. Yeah, one yeah. Second, you could have a viral video and boom, all of a sudden. Well, it's that. And it's also, you know, you, you described it as the Wild West. I think the frontier keeps pushing out and that's yeah. that's like new apps. And so every once in a while you get a chance to like sort of hit the reset button on some of this stuff and um, face a new opportunity with a new app, right? Like, so, so I think most recently, like TikTok was an app that came out that we weren't really sure what it was. It was kind of the new kid on the block. We had Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, but like TikTok emerged and, and, um, now, sort of as as brands and companies are looking for a, a new venue for their conversations uh, as they're leaving Twitter, like Mastodon, I've heard in the uh, sort of take that seat from Twitter a little bit. Um, yeah. And, and what new opportunity lays there, right? Like if, if we're all kind of starting at the same time, that means there's huge opportunity for brands to come in, figure it out, do it well, and then realize that return on investment. Yeah. And I mean, it. you've got to understand your platform. Too. For yeah. example, here's another direct example. On Twitter, Wendy's. Wendy's has been <laughs> amazingly successful. And Patrick, you know, yeah. I know you know what I'm talking about because you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it's spiteful. It's because I'm a smart ass and I think it's their <laughs> their social media presence is very funny to me. Me too. And I, I loved when Jersey Girl took over the White House um, Twitter account for a few days. I thought that was hilarious. So, oh, I mean, yeah. if you... If you if you understand your platform, right, you can yeah. you can you can have big wins. It's not all seriousness all the time. Sometimes it's just fun. Sometimes yeah. it's funny. Sometimes it's and we should talk about the dark side of social media as well. Oh <laughs> man, I we have to before before we before we do that. Let me just say like. I think you said something really important earlier, which is that, yeah, it can be fun. It can be serious. It can be whatever, but it has to be genuine, right? So like folks can see right through a television ad that you've just put on social media and tried to make, no, 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 it's not. And and no one wants to hear just a spokesman trying to sell you the thing. And that's going to be their social media, like uh, video or um, real or TikTok or whatever. Like that's, that's not it. That, that genuine content and understanding folks aren't there to get sales pitches, right? I'm not on social media to receive a sales pitch. Let's move past that, figure out how to connect with your audience in a way that they want to connect with their social media. No doubt. And if you want my cynical point of view, everything has become a psyop now. 
everything is a yeah. psychological operation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and it, it, I mean, those don't always have to be evil. Um, most marketing is a psyop, but the idea is to, you know, engage people with your content, right? You want people yeah. associating good things with your brand and not bad things. And here's, here's where I'm going to turn the page. Just, it's going to get a little dark, but you know, every once in a while, you might pick a social media influencer that puts their foot in their mouth in a very big oh, way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And embarrasses themselves. You know, I don't, I don't think you even have to mention a certain Mr. West <laughs> and what can happen if, yeah. if, you know, you've got, you've got an influencer that has some difficulties that is associated with your brand. I mean, that's something that you've got to watch out for too. And that can happen. I mean, we've talked a lot about the problem with econometrics being that human beings are not rational. This is this is another case when you're dealing with human beings and human beings do crazy shit. Crazy yeah. Shit. I mean, it's yeah. If I were to think of the business model, they're so much more like a contractor than they are an employee. And that means the relationship is just inherently different. And you're the amount of I don't I don't want to use the word control, but that might be the 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 right way. Wait, we like, can't say guardrails over the yeah. message. Yeah. Guardrails, whatever it may be, like ability to set boundaries is sort of limited by the fact that they are essentially a contractor. But I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways to use social media and, and using like third party influencers is certainly a, a really effective way, but also brand owned social media can be cool. I mean, like we, we just described the Wendy's platform and I don't think Wendy's going rogue, you know? So, <laughs> so there, there's, <laughs> There's they a are, lot of different it's a beautiful ways. thing, man. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. There, there's a lot of different ways to approach social media in order to like speak to your audience and grow your audience. Yeah, and in ch choosing your influencers, you're choosing a tone for for your brand. Oh yeah, yeah. If if you find a social media uh, influencer that is normally snarky, do not expect to contract with them and have them not be snarky. Yeah. That's that's just not going to happen. It's just a recipe for trouble. But you know, you can you can you can push engagement with your brand to new audiences through snarky or different social <laughs> media. But, you know, you yeah. really can. There there are all kinds of things that you can do to reach a niche audience on social media. That's a beautiful thing. Social media is a place where no matter how weird you are, you're going to find your compatriots, man. You know, yeah. there, there yeah. are other people say, that fly the same flag you do. Well, yeah. So, so we've talked a lot about how brands can promote their business through social media, but I think another huge component of social media is that sort of community building and using it to create a gathering space for folks who are digging the same outdoor rec activity. During the pandemic, People for Bikes produced research on the new COVID rider, like folks who started riding during the pandemic or maybe restarted after a period of like one year or more not yeah. riding. One of the big questions that we were trying to address was, what would it take for you to keep riding after the pandemic, right? Like after after everything kind of goes back to pre-pandemic, whenever that may be, what's going to keep you on the bike? Number one was infrastructure, right? Like safe places to ride. That's what we all right. want. Um, number two was just an invitation from a friend or a family member. And and really the way that I interpreted that is community. Like I, I want to belong to a group of people that want to like ride with me and, and want to participate in this with me. And I want someone to text me and go, Hey, we're going to meet at the trailhead at this time, or, Hey, we're going to roll on our road ride whenever. And social media can be a, an amazing tool for creating that space for folks to encourage and motivate each other to go participate in this outdoor rec activity, totally organically devoid of like brand influence. But that being said, having 
like there is an opportunity, I think, especially for retailers and dealers to use social media that way to to create a space where like, hey, we're all going to go on the shop ride at whatever nine on Saturday. We're going to stop at the donut shop halfway through or, hey, we're going to go on a trail run or, or whatever it may be. Engaging your audience that way is another super impactful way to use social media. Yeah, absolutely. And I, what you're talking about that, I was thinking about, you know, some other aspects like how Red Bull uses social media. I mean, Red Bull, I, you know, in terms of marketing, I, it's fun to watch Red Bull. And I, I mean, I enjoy their content. They are, they are actually pushing the boundaries of many different outdoor activities. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about how much, how much content I've watched from the Red Bull Rampage. <laughs> I, mean, I can't help it. I, ca- I can't not watch, you know, somebody basically jump their bike off a mountain and, yeah. and, and do a flip over, you know, an 80 foot Canyon cap or a hundred foot Canyon. <laughs> I love watching it. Um, and I, I just, I can't get enough of the content because I just can't believe that people can actually do those things. Yeah. But, and I'm watching it that way. I know there's somebody that's, you know, that maybe a little, a, a little bit younger with, you know, less brittle bones than me and a lot more potential as, as a mountain bike rider is watching that and going, I can, I want to try that. I want to do that. And it's, yeah. and I think, you know, watching this, it is definitely pushing the boundaries of, of, of a lot of different outdoor activities. What do you think about that? I totally agree, but I also see a different group that watches those videos and go, oh, that's what mountain biking is? I can't be a mountain biker. And it's important to understand that there's a lot of different audiences and there's not just one segment of folks out there who see your activity the way that you see your activity. There's lots of different folks who participate for lots of different reasons. And like just in bicycling, we have folks who just like that audience are are riding because it's a thrilling activity. Like they they love the adventure. There's other riders who are just riding because it's it's a way they socialize with their friends and and that's how they can hang out with their buds for two hours is by going on a ride. And and you're not going to speak to everyone with one message, but that's like marketing 101, right? Like I'm an economist and I know that. So I, yeah, I I dig what you're saying, but I also think grounding ourselves in the fact that our activities have a a wide reach and it's not just one sort of message or social media campaign that's going to speak to everyone equally. Yeah, no doubt. Aspirational is one way to go, right? And certainly, certainly, you know, in the sort of the extreme edge of, of outdoor activity, things like, you know, the Red Bull Rampage. Yeah. Love the Red Bull Rampage. But yeah, you know, there's, there's, there are all kinds of ways to engage with your audience and yeah, you're going to have maybe, you know, the top 1% would be able or willing, maybe, I guess you have to be both able and willing to do something like that. But I'm seeing progression across the board, especially, you know, I'm thinking about downhill courses that have just gotten to be sick and fun and burmy. And, you know, now it's not such a big deal to think, okay, I, you know, I can, I can jump a 20 foot gap without a problem. I can do a little, you can do a little, you know, your, your little jump run. And, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, let's say deliberately constructed trail for mountain bike has features like that. And I just love it. And that's, I've seen that develop over the past 20 years, along with the social media content. So I think in a way, some of that does push the, the, the median in a, in a more progressive direction. As I wasn't watching people like me do 20 foot gaps on a trail 20 years ago. I tell, I get, just honestly, it, it was, it's yeah. a dream come true. And technology has made that, that possible, including bike technology and trail building. And I just, I love to see it because I think it's, 
there are all kinds of ways to engage all kinds of riders. And yeah, some of the extreme stuff in snow sports and mountain bike. And my God, I like watching guys in wingsuits too. And every once in a while, I'm like, like, holy shit, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have a wingsuit? I won't jump off a cliff, I swear, but it would be fun to have a wingsuit to jump out of a plane. It would. It just would. So just thinking about the, you know, the consumer of content like that, there are, yeah, there are a lot of different a lot of different directions you can go. I think it does push the sport in in, in different directions. Social media does have an influence yeah. on on yeah, the actual sports. And you can be part of that. I mean, if you if you find the right influencers and you can build a partnership with them, you can be part of that. Or, you know, you you just make sure that the members of of your team that are responsible for social media content are are really doing a good job and and getting, you know, getting the traction that they that they should get based on content that you can help them create. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun market. It can go bad. It can, but I think there are more ways that it can go well. And if I think if you're deliberate and you make sure that your situational awareness in social media is high or the person Mm -hmm. that, that is responsible for that, their uh, situational awareness has to be high. If something happens, you know, yeah, you've got to respond yeah. quickly and not be seen going, because uh, that's the worst thing you can do um, yeah, exactly. is, is, is basically do nothing if something happens with yeah. your brand. That's the other message about social media I have. And you mentioned it earlier, Patrick, is that things move very, very, very fast on social media. Even things like if, if there's a problem with a piece of, of your product, like mm-hmm. you have a, you have a, an apparel piece that has a specific problem that people are noticing and posting about. That's another way to use social media. You can, you can monitor social media for what's going on. You don't have to be the creator. Interesting. You can just, yeah. You can that's just cool. Monitor. And a situation like that happened with um, a certain brands, sort of one of their, what are their core products? It was a jacket. And all of a sudden, it, you know, people were, were reporting that, that a lot of the threads were coming loose and you end up with, with all these sort of hanging threads. My, my father, who's in the military, had a name for those because, you know, if you're going through yeah. military inspection, you don't want to have one. Um, I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, keep going. He, he called them Irish pennants. <laughs> oh, that's not what I called them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, uh, you know, it, it was so all of a sudden this brand was seeing all of these comments or, and they were monitoring social media, you know, for mentions of their brand or their or mentions of their products. And that's a you know fairly standard thing to do. And they saw it and they were able to respond to it quickly and actually made it into a positive because they offered to take yeah. that product back and fix it for those people who wanted that taken yeah, care that's of. That's outstanding. It. It's really amazing. And and so they actually turned a negative into a positive on social media. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should go on social media and create some content. I think we should just hang it, hang this up right now. Yeah. Drop our I'm, mics. I'm go. not the right man for the job, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.